0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to the Power Cat Podcast. GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald.
2: It has been a hectic number of hours since Jerome Tang was officially announced on Monday as Kansas State's new head coach. And us at GoPowerCat and all of us at GoPowerCat.com have been trying to reach out to people and get a better feel for who this guy is. You probably know his story at this point. He's a first-generation American, born in the Caribbean and now a U.S. citizen. Moved to Houston around age nine, got the job at Baylor after a successful gig as a high school basketball coach at a Christian school in Texas. It's a remarkable story, actually. He didn't have a college degree when he joined Scott Drew at Baylor, and there was some controversy about that. But he's earned that, and he's earned his stripes as a basketball coach. He spent 19 years, from the very start of Scott Drew's time in rebuilding the Baylor basketball program, at Drew's side, eventually becoming associate head coach. And in part of that collection of information about Jerome Tang, we've reached out to a former player. You can find that Q&A for our subscribers with Tweedy Carter at gopowercat.com. And we also reached out to King McClure, a former Baylor basketball player, who you probably now know as an ESPN college basketball analyst. I ran into King late this basketball season at K-State when he was getting ready to call the K-State Iowa state game in Bramwich Coliseum. And I just chatted with him briefly, not realizing that I would need his number pretty soon to talk to him about Jerome Tang. But here's what's interesting. When Bruce Weber resigned on Thursday during the Big Twelve tournament. I appeared on Sirius XM's Big Twelve this morning, channel 375. Ari Timken hosts a great show, and his usual sidekick is Dave Archer. I do the show often. I love doing it. I have a lot of fun with them. Ari's just a great guy, even though he's from KU. But on this day, on the day Bruce Weber resigned, King McClure was the third wheel on that show, and so he was part of that conversation. And as everything developed with collecting information about Jerome Tang and finding out that he indeed was going to be Kansas State's head coach, I thought, man, King McClure is the perfect guy to talk to. And I reached out to Ari, got the connection made, and King was very generous with his time on Tuesday morning. As he drove somewhere in Texas and spoke to me for all of you. Here is my conversation with King McClure, former Baylor basketball player, only about four years ago. That's how far King has come so quickly in his broadcasting career. And King had some wonderful things to say about Jerome Tang. I hope you enjoy this conversation as it's part of our Powercat Sources podcast. And now we bring in King McClure, former Baylor player, current ESPN analyst and does a little work on Sirius XM. King, uh, this was a, a really cool hire by Kansas State because Jerome Tang's a guy that just hasn't had his chance to do his own thing, and now his own thing is in Manhattan, Kansas. How happy are you for your former uh, associate head coach?
3: Uh, man, I'm extremely happy. Just to See how hard that man has worked to see his success that he's had, and to see him finally get his chance and his opportunity to, to shine and to be a head coach. I'm, I'm extremely happy. I mean, that's like a family member. Honestly, it's like it's like my second father. Um, the man started recruiting me when I was 14 years old. Uh, we built the relationships. I've known him for like 10 plus years, and to this day, I can call him and 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 talk about anything I need to talk to him about. He's always gonna pick up the phone. Uh, so I'm extremely happy to see. You know his level of success, and I, I know he's going to be a a great asset to the Kansas State program.
2: Well, over those ten years, um, I bet you your best stories about Jerome Tang aren't on the basketball court, but that's just a guess. Give me something yeah. good about Coach Tang that really just sticks with you.
3: Uh, Coach Tang thinks he's a chef, ha! so uh, <laughs> he, he he thinks he can cook. And he'll tell you, he'll brag about his cooking. Um, So he'll always invite us over, and um, he'll either barbecue, he'll grill, or he'll uh, he'll make this banana foster. Uh, I've never had it before, so I went over to his crib. And it's like uh, you have ice cream, and then you put – this this kind of like sauce that he makes, and you put like whiskey or bourbon in in the sauce. Yep. And the sauce actually like really good. And, and that was the one time he, he was like, "Yeah, I, I told you I can cook." And he's uh, he, he's always competitive. Like that's just how he is. Because I told him I was like, "But you can't cook." And then he's like, "All right, come over." And I came over. And he did. That. He's like, "Yeah, see, see." Like, and he always trying to like get into it that way. Um. <laughs> I mean, we have, we have that story. Uh, so many times we've been in the gym and he always tries to walk in the gym and be like I'm the best shooter in the gym and we'll try to have a shooting competition and the man has never, no do not pay me, we played me one time and he happened to win and he talked trash for at least a month every <laughs> single day it would be something like yeah you can't even outshoot shoot me um, I mean, one time uh, <laughs> I mean, one time I was in practice and uh I did something, I guess I wasn't, I wasn't, I had a bad practice, and Coach Tang yells, hey, King, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get your suit and tie ready, because you're going to be snubbing on the bench with me, (laughs) and I was like, dang, Coach, (laughs) Uh, let's see what else, man, we, I have so many stories, I remember one time, uh, I walk into the gym, this is like an hour before practice, Coach Tang is in there, and, um, My shoes weren't tied, and I was walking to the gym to get some extra shots. And uh, he looked at me and was like, you're not ready to practice. You're not ready to have a good day today. You you, you know what? Go back in the locker room. You're not ready to come out here yet. (laughs) And I was like, it's an hour before practice. What are you talking about? (laughs) Um, And then, like, recently, like, three weeks ago, I was – I was out there at Baylor working out with the team, just uh, practicing and, and going up and down with the team. Um, and because uh, they, they were injured, so they needed extra bodies for the scout team. And he, this man had the audacity to get mad at me because I wouldn't lock and trail off a ball screen. I mean, off of a, a pin down, two pin downs. <laughs> and I said, Coach, I'm way too old and out of shape to be tra- locking and trailing and chasing off of a pin down. And he was like, oh, you don't want to play. And I was like, sir, calm down. I do not play for you anymore, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, this is not that, Coach. <laughs> but that's how competitive he is. And uh, that's just, like, that's just, that's just how he is. I mean, every single time it would be Coach Drew, because we always scrimmage to be Coach Drew, and then Coach Tang would take a team. And Coach Tang would be so fired up to play against uh, the, the the other team. And he would um, always be looking forward to, uh... oh, my goodness, I forgot this story. Coach Tang one time made us do the most unrealistic, um, like, conditioning drill. So it was called a ladder. So you have to run down, just run one time down the court in, like, six seconds. Then you have to go three times, like, down the court in, like, Seventeen seconds, right? But he would—he would increase. But the times would be so unrealistic that it was like, Coach, there's no way we're making those. So, like, it was times that so we got to like seven or uh, a nine, and dudes were real live trying to dive to make the time because we were not making the time. Like, like dudes were like sliding like they were going to first base <laughs> to make the time. And like dudes were finna pass out. I have a heart disease. I was like, I felt like I was about to faint. Like dudes were passing out. Like Ishmael Rainwright, who was on the was on the Suns right now. Like he almost passed out. Jake was like, bro, I can't breathe. Cause we were literally sprinting. And come to find out, Coach Tame was like, you know what, I knew he couldn't make the time. It was just a mental thing to see if y'all were gonna give up or not was like, ah, coach, don't talk to us no more. Like, no, man, leave, leave, leave us alone. I don't want to talk to you for another, like, two days after that. Dude, that's um, awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, I just, that's type of coach he is, he, he gets the most out of you. Um, he loves you. Like, at the end of the day, like, with me and him got into it so many times on the court, uh, but afterwards, you know, he's like, hey, I, I know we got into it, but at the end of the day, it's nothing personal. I, do, I want the best of you, and I love you. And you know it's all love afterwards. Um, so he's hard. He's a hard coach. Cause you know Coach Drew is not. He's not your typical like super hard coach. I mean he's a positive guy. He, he's very. He's not gonna yell too much. He, he, he's like he's not soft by any means. So I'm, I'm not saying Coach Drew is that, but he's just not that typical like you know Bob Huggins going to get after right. you, going to yell at you, going to do all that type. Not, that's not his style. So you have to have somebody on your staff like that, and Coach Tang is that. Coach is gonna get on your nerves. He's going to talk <laughs> crazy to you. But I guarantee you, he's gonna make you play harder. And uh <laughs> one more story. I remember one time in my freshman year, we was at OU and we were playing against Buddy Hill, and we were down about 20 and a half. And Coach Drew put me in the game because the, the subs is winning the game, and I started making shots. And like before you know it, like I have like 17, 18, I'm hot and I'm I'm hooping. And we took we took the lead with like two minutes to go. So I look at the bench. And I'm like Coach Tang, I need a sub. <laughs> Coach Tang looks at me and says, "Boy, no the hell you don't. You better stay out there and go play. So <laughs> you better stay out there and go play. But what are you, what are you asking for a sub? What you, what's wrong with you?" And he got mad at me because I asked for a sub. He looked at me and said, "You better not ever do that again. You better ever ask for no sub when you're playing as well." He said, "Well, get your ass back out there and play." <laughs> oh, I love it. And I was like, and I was like, "Dad, Coach, my, I'm just tired." Like. You always trying to sub me out every other time. But, uh, I mean, I, I, those are just perfect examples of, of Coach Tang being Coach Tang. Um, and uh, he, he's going to get the most out of his players. I mean, I'm, I'm extremely happy for him.
2: Well, you inadvertently told a great story about how Scott Drew and Jerome Tang work so well together, side by side. Yeah. I mean, um, it, in reading about how they connected at the start of uh, Coach Drew's time at Baylor it's incredible. It it really, um, it really feels like the Lord was working there, doesn't
3: it? Nah, yeah, for sure. I mean, those two guys, man they're they're incredible, man. I I, I can't even say enough about those two guys. Um, everything that they say, everything that they talk about in the media. I, I'm I'm proof that like they're not lying. They're not they're not just saying something. They're, you know, a lot of times, people talk about God. People talk about their religion. People talk about all these different things. These, the the, the positive positivity, just to try to give out a certain narrative to the media and to the world. Right. And behind closed doors, they're not really like that. They're not really about that life that they're that they're, that they're, that they're you know confessing and. Those two guys are actually about it, like every single time. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have prayed with Coach Tang and and Coach Drew when when things got hard in my life. My dad had a stroke. Both of those two men were calling me, blowing up my phone. Coach Tang, matter of fact, this is probably the biggest story that uh, shows you type of man Coach Tang is. Coach Tang literally called me almost every single day when he found out my dad had a stroke and was like, hey, King, how can I help you? Like, how can we help you? Like, do I need to come out there right now? Uh, cause I sounded like an hour away from from, from from Baylor. He said, do I need to come out there right now? Do you need to come out here uh, and stay with me for a few days? Like, what do I need to do in order to help you? Same thing with Coach Drew. Um, and those two guys, like, you're right. That was literally God, man, putting two guys like that side by side. And not even let alone, like, the, the, the assistants with, with, with Coach Jacobs and Coach Coach uh, Brooks, too. I mean, that, 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 coaching, that coaching core was special. I mean, I don't know if you can find a better four guys to lead a team in the country. Um, That's amazing. Those guys, and, and it's not what they do on the court. Like, on the court, everybody knows how good they are and how, how special they are when it comes to coaching and X's and O's, but I'm talking about off the court, man. Like, those those guys will go to bat for you. Like, they constantly telling me, like, even now, like, hey, King, I love you. Like, I miss you. Like, I wish you were still here. And it, it's genuine, you know? Um, anytime I'm down there, I'm sitting in everybody's office for at least, um, like, an hour, like sometimes I don't even go up to their offices because I know I'm going to be in there for like an hour piece <laughs> like sitting in each of their offices. And just the conversations that I was, I've been able to have recently with Coach Tang, I mean, he, um, he was actually out here four weeks ago recruiting. And he, he called me and said, hey, King, I'm going to be out there um, in Dallas. Let's go eat and then let's go watch this kid. Come watch this kid with me. So I literally spent the whole day eating with them, eating with him and Coach Jacobs, went to go recruit and watch this kid with him. And like, we just talked and had like great conversation. Oh uh, man, man, it's, it's, it was, those guys are incredible. I can't say enough about those guys.
1: GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Podcast continues after this short break.
4: For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today.
1: Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios.
2: Well, So here's a hard question. Um, going from a private Baptist institution to a public school, um, how do you think he has to handle the religion aspect of what he does?
3: Um, the one thing that I don't know about Coach Teng is he's not going to change who he is or conform for anybody. Um, so regardless of where he is, public school, private school, he is still going to be coach Tang, and i know that for a fact he will still be praying he will still um, have chapel services he will still uh be that same coach tank that he was at baylor um and that's how he'll run his program because that's what he believes in that's who he is and uh he's not going to change that narrative or change that his belief for for anywhere he is and I know one thing that I don't know this for a fact, but I can bet my money, bet my last dollar, that he told the people at Kansas State that um, I will be leading the program based on my faith. And, and I know he did that because that's just how he is and that's just how strong he is, how strong his, his faith is. Um, so I know that that was part of the agreement to where he, he had to be able to have that freedom to, to lead his players that way.
2: Interesting. Uh- Let's get to some hoops here. What what helped Baylor take that next step? The, you know, it's been a patient climb for the Baylor program from complete rebuild up through the ranks of a really competitive conference to the very top of college basketball last year. What helped them get to that over that hump?
3: Um, you know, I, I think honestly what, 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 what got over that hump was that Coach Drew's ability to adapt to the game. And what I mean by that is a lot of times coaches are so stuck in their ways and they're they're prideful. They don't want to change their system. They don't want to change the way they coach. But I think the best coaches are the ones who can adapt to the way the game is being played. Like you look at back in the day, you were able to – run two post players have a high low system now you can't really run an offense in college basketball through a big anymore and be successful have the level of success that you would you know that you want like a national championship you have to play through guards you have to have guards who can create shots and create offense without coach without coaches calling to play for him and i think coach drew really learned that and really adapted to that my senior year in at baylor uh, we had Tristan Clark, and Tristan Clark was phenomenal. He, uh, he was shooting like 70% from the field, probably like in the high 60s, but maybe 70% from the field. And we literally throw the ball into Tristan Clark for almost every single possession because Coach Drew is, is such an analytics guy, and he goes with what, with, with what works. Whatever has the highest percentage for us to score, that's what he wants us to do. So we ended up losing Tristan Clark. Well, first off, we lost to Texas Southern at home. We lost to Stephen F. Austin at home, and then we lost Tristan Clark uh, against Iowa State, which we actually ended up winning that game. Um, but everybody wrote us off. Everybody thought that we were we weren't a good basketball team. Uh, they said we were the worst team to ever come through Baylor history. Um, but we had a choice to make. So myself, uh, Jake Lindsay. First off, we got the team together and say, hey, if you if you don't wanna play, if you if you don't wanna step out there and give you everything, then like leave. Like, simple as that. Because we're we're gonna go out here and fight, we're gonna finish the season out strong. Um we're gonna we're gonna make the tournament. That's our goal. So we got the team together and Coach Drew and, and Coach Tang got the staff together and was like, Hey, same thing. If if you don't believe in this team, if you don't think that we can do something special this year. Then leave. Um, Like, we're going to come up with a a strategy to create the best type of system to allow our players to have success. And what they did was they they, they allowed our guards, myself, Makai Mason, Jared Butler, um, Devontae Bandu, they allowed us to just go out there and just play free and stop running, stop calling plays, stop trying to throw the ball into the paint. It's, hey, if you can go get a bucket, go get a bucket. I don't care. I'm not judging you what type of shot you take. If it's a bad shot, get back and go get it back on defense. Like, stop, basically stop playing so robotic. And as you've seen, we we, we, we had a great season. We ended up finishing third in the conference. Uh, we made it to the tournament, beat Syracuse first round, lost to Gonzaga second round. Could have beat them had we had a, a big, because Freddie Gillespie just wasn't, he wasn't ready yet. He wasn't the Freddie Gillespie that he is right now. But, mm-hmm. um, so we end up overachieving and that right there is when I knew that coach drew and the staff were going to have a crazy amount of success because they took what we had and got the most out of us. And they said, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. We're going to change our whole offense, middle of the season, and we're going to allow you guys to just go play and just go have fun, go play. We're not going to call a bunch of sets. Just go out there and hoop. And. That, can, that continued over that next year because Macy Teague and, and Davion Mitchell were uh, red shirts. So we would practice against them all the time and uh, they would continue to get better and better and they would be grinding all the time. But then you had those guys out and now the system, Coach Drew has, has definitely perfected it because he had all like the second half of the season all summer. Now the system is perfected. So now these guys can go out there and execute it even better. I mean Jared Butler is in his second year now uh, so now those guys go out there and they're just playing completely free and just doing whatever they're sharing the ball, moving the ball, getting isolation buckets. Um, so those guys, they were able to play completely free. And then that's when they were number one in the country. Uh, the COVID year happened. Then that next wait, or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then that next year is the year they won a championship. Um, and then this year, you know, things kind of were up and down, injuries, but yeah. I mean, those guys were able to just play free and credit to Coach Drew, Coach Tang for being able to adapt and, and be able to um, you know, really adapt to the game. Uh, that's the biggest thing that a lot of coaches nowadays can't do.
2: Uh, I know Coach Tang is <clears throat> Coach Tang's kind of listed as the defensive specialist. Um, were you around when they switched from the, the Baylor zone to what they're doing now in man-to-man?
3: Uh, so, kind of, but not really. So, when I was there, we went a little bit less zone because, you know, my first three years, it was all zone. We literally practiced the zone all the time. My senior year, we kind of got away from the zone and just played regular man-to-man defense because we had some guys on the team that could really play, that could really defend. And then that next year, um, Davion was like, hey, I'm a great defender. I'm a defender. I don't want to play zone. I don't want to ever play zone. And Coach Drew listened and was like, cool. So they end up building that whole Texas Tech man-to-man defense that year after I left. Um, and that was great. I mean, that was an elite defense. So it was uh, – kind of got, we got away from the man, got away from the zone my senior year, but they ended up building, like, the whole deny, force everything to the sideline defense my, um, the year after I left.
2: That was such a huge change. I mean, a coach that <clears throat> teaches zone – that's almost like religion. You know what I mean? And, and to <laughs> yeah, give that up and and find something better is is an incredible evolution for coaches. Um, yeah, yeah, is, for sure. What, what will Jerome Tang be like as the head coach? It's it's a lot easier to be the number two, play good cop, bad cop, however you want to set it up. But as the boss, he's already doing media, he's already doing videos, he's you know getting all those things on his plate that Scott Drew's had to handle through the years. How will he be as a head coach?
3: I think he'll be great. I mean, the one thing about him is he, he's ready for this moment. I mean, 19 years as an assistant coach, that's a long time. Like A lot of times, you know, to be an assistant coach, you're probably there for maybe like six, seven years. But 19 years to wait your turn and be patient, that man right there is ready for this opportunity. He, he's, he's grinded his way up. He's seen so much as far as like the way Coach Do handles a program. It's actually crazy because four or five weeks ago, when 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 I like said three weeks ago, when we went to go eat and watch uh, the recruits, we we were sitting at Papado's and we were just talking about like his other opportunities that he's had to go get other jobs and to take other places, and he was just like, "Man, like." I'm waiting until that perfect situation happens. He said, cause King, I really could have left by now. Like I, I could have been gone. There was a lot of opportunities that I had that I could have taken, but it just wasn't the right fit for me. So he said, I'm ready. He's like, I'm ready to be a head coach, uh, but it's just me waiting on the opportunity. And neither one of us, nobody at the table, me, him, coach Jacobs, coach Brooks. We didn't know Kansas state was going to open up. Like we, we, we didn't know coach Webb was going to get fired, but we're just sitting there talking like, Hey, like, I'm ready. He he kept telling me, like, I'm ready for this opportunity. I'm ready for this moment. Um, He said, I think I'll be a great head coach um, because I've seen so much. I've seen the success that the Baylor program has had, and I know how to replicate that. And there's a few things I want to, like, change and and, and twist, but I can replicate that, and I'm ready for this opportunity. Um, And sure enough, Shrembro, like, he's – the head coach of Kansas state now, because he finally waited his turn and got the opportunity. So he's ready. I think he'll be a fantastic head coach. Um, I know it comes with a lot of stuff he's never dealt with, but he's fully ready. He's, he's fully, fully ready.
2: This might be an unfair question uh, because you didn't make the decision, but what do you think it was about Kansas state that, that his gut told him the voice inside the voice from above, however you want to define it said, this is it. You feel, trust this one.
3: Well, I, I think Kansas State is is an attractive place to play. I mean, you're in a bet. Number one, you're in the best conference in, in college basketball. Um, I think that his competitive nature, his competitive spirit wants to be that. He wants that smoke. He wants to be playing against Kansas. He wants to be playing against uh, Baylor. He wants to be playing against Texas Tech. He wants that smoke. And I know him. I, I know he wants that. He wants to go up against the greats. He knows his conference so well the fact he's been in it for 19 years. He's like, okay, Kansas State, I know how to beat Kansas. I know how to beat Texas Tech. I've had my own thoughts on this, but, I mean, Coach Drew was the head guy, so I really could implement my full thoughts. So now I can actually, like, figure out how to beat these guys. Um, So he wants that. He he just – I just think that right there, those two things, the Big 12, Kansas State, and also them having the resources. I mean, the resources as far as you're not going to – a mid-major that doesn't have the, the same level of facilities, uh, money, all of that. Uh, he, he, yeah, he, yeah, he wants the resources. He wants to be able to be backed by the, the, uh, the, the, the administration. Uh, and his biggest thing that he told me when we were sitting down was, wherever I go, I want to turn this place into a powerhouse. Like, I don't want to go anywhere if they don't think that they can become a powerhouse. So he said that's my number one thing I tell anybody, whether he's talking to a mid major or high major, he yeah. wants to turn the school into a powerhouse, and if they if they don't believe that they can do that, then he didn't want to be a part of it. So, that's his biggest thing, and um, that right there is is I think that's why he chose Kansas State.
2: Man, that's that speaks to a lot of K staters because. There's a lot of banners that got some dust on them hanging in the rafters about how great Kansas State basketball used to be and and how uh, the, the glory's kind of faded to hear, hear that probably is going to sing to the hearts of a lot of K-State fans. King, I appreciate it. It's funny how uh, things work. I remember that you were in Manhattan uh, to do a game for ESPN, and I was just walking by, and... You know, I had the little voice say, hey, stop and tell King that you you think he does a really good job. And it's nice to have some young voices on the network, not realizing that
3: I would need to have you on so quickly. It's pretty remarkable. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it is crazy how how the world works, yep. man, how, how God works. But it's, it's it's been a blessing. I love ESPN, man.
2: Yeah. One quick question. I am curious. How the hell did you pull off get, becoming an ESPN analyst just literally right after your career? It's really cool. <laughs>
3: Uh man, that's a that's a great question. So, pretty much, uh, my senior year, I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. But my senior year, um, they ended up telling me I do. I did like the player interviews to introduce like Davion, Maceo, Jared, Matthew. We had so many new guys. I ended up doing the player interviews, and I didn't need a script. I did it off the top of my head, top, top of the dome. And, and DK, our, our SID, he said, wait a second, King, that, that was pretty impressive. Like, you're actually pretty good at this. And he was like, okay, cool. He was like, so I, I told him maybe I want to consider it. So he talked to Holly Rowe. Um, Holly Rowe talked to me at media day. Um, Holly Rowe uh, interviewed me. She did like a 30-second fast break. And basically, she asked me a bunch of rapid-fire questions. I had to answer in 30 seconds. So she flipped the script and said, "Hey King, I heard you wanted to be in the media. It's your turn to interview me and ask me 30 seconds of a, of a question, 30 second, 30 second rapid fire." So I did it off the top, like no, no, no prep, just did it. And she said, "Wow." She was like, "You actually have a future in this." She was the first person to ever tell me that. And you know, Holly Rowe is Holly Rowe. So if somebody like that, that's like, that's like almost a. Uh, like Kevin Durant saying, "Hey, I, you can be a pro." I, I, that's, the, that's the same level of, of comparison because Holly Rowe is one of the one of the goats in the industry. Um, so when she told me that, I said, "You know what? Fine. Like I, I think I might be able to, uh, you know, take this seriously and actually have a have a career in this." Um, so then she came down to the UConn-Baylor game. She asked for me. She sought me out and told me to get get dressed and go shadow her for the night. So I got to shadow her. Um, Fast forward after my season, um, Clark Kellogg was at the Final Four. You know, Clark Kellogg, I just texted him because he's been one of my biggest mentors throughout this whole process. And um, I asked if I could shadow him uh, during the Final Four. He said, yeah, come on, I'll get you a pass and everything. And that man had me on set with him. Um, He had me like on the floor behind the scenes with him, Charles and Kenny and EJ. I got to talk to Ernie and, uh, like, really chop it up with Ernie. And, like, to this day, me and Ernie are still cool. He'll, he'll text me randomly. Um, but I got to shout out Clark Kellogg. I got to really just see what the ins and outs of, you know, the ESPN side and the CBS side. And um, I actually built a relationship with Boog Shionby and Van Gundy and Jeff Van Gundy. I mean, Steve Van Gundy. And um,
2: There's so many Van Gundys. I,
3: yeah, there were so many vanguardies. <laughs> and then I was, I was injured when we were at Iowa State. And Boog told me if I ever um, wanted to get in the media, because I told him what I wanted to do. He was like, when you're ready, call me. And uh, it was time for me to go through my process, my draft process. And every single NBA team red flagged me because of my heart disease. And I didn't want to go overseas. I had to turn out overseas office because I didn't want to leave my daughter who's, who just turned four uh, two weeks ago. So. Um, I called Book Shambi and I called Holly and said, hey, I, I think I'm ready to do this media thing. Like, let me, can, can you help me out? They called David Seister. David Seister called me. He said, hey, send me your reel. I didn't have a reel, so I had to go create a reel and, and make something, put something together. Uh, Sent it to him. They flew me out for an audition and, you know, it's been history ever since. So I on my third year and it's been a blessing, man.
2: I don't know if you know this, but you just offered a master class into young people how to embrace opportunity but also create opportunity and and network and reach out. I I run into this a lot. If young people reach out and say they want input for someone, hell yeah hell yeah i mean uh we all get too shy uh and uh instead of just ask for help and king that's that was really cool i'm glad I asked that um well it's good to talk to you and uh everyone up here in manhattan is just so fired up for coach tang and and uh we got a press conference on thursday and everyone will get their first dose of the the purple tang and we'll see uh how it how it all works out king i appreciate it so much
3: Man, I appreciate you
2: having me. I so appreciate King's time. What a good dude. What a great dude. What a voice. I wish I had that voice. King McClure, he's going to be around calling college basketball games for many years in the future, and I really appreciate his insight on Jerome Tang and Baylor basketball and why he'll be a good fit for Kansas State. And Now, I want to get Coach Tang involved into the football coaches' cookoffs that are taking place at Kansas State. I think this is a battle we all need to see. More coverage coming of the Jerome Tang hire. As I mentioned at the Open, Coach Tang's initial press conference in purple will be Thursday up at K-State Athletics. I believe in the Shamrock Zone, and we will have complete coverage of that at GoPowerCat.com and so many other cool things coming along the road here as we introduce the K-State Nation to a man named Tang.
1: Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.